You're going to love this. Just love it. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I said maybe. Do came to hear from you because everything is not right. I'm not scared. Hope you're not either. No stairs here. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. Yes, I am stuck in the middle with you once again, live. From Los Angeles, this is your Bradcast. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative citizen, blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker. All around, swell fellow says me if no one else. That would include the LAPD this week. That would include NBC4 here in Los Angeles. They may not think I'm swell. I don't know. I don't care. KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, up and down the California coast, and of course, coast to coast, and across the globe on KPFK.org, the Stitcher radio app, the TuneIn radio app, the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn, Netroots Radio, and beginning this week, our new affiliate partner at Liberal Justice Radio. Delighted to have you guys on board. Uh, Kenny Pick, Jacob Dean, welcome aboard. Glad to have you with us on the broadcast. And most delighted because Liberal Justice Radio is streaming the broadcast live. Uh, glad to have you all with us, and glad to have you, oh, you listeners, uh, today with us. You know, every week uh, I come on the show, I, I, I try to get to callers. I try to get to phone callers. I try to let you use your public airwaves, your public airwaves, uh, to talk about what's on your mind, especially since this is KPFK. Uh, people-powered radio, after all. And so this week I have been resisting, since last week, I have been resisting uh, the, the, the temptation to have a guest. You know, we've had a lot of really amazing guests lately. Uh, uh, Dan Ellsberg, whistleblowers like Dan Ellsberg, uh, Colleen Rowley, talking about uh, Edward Snowden, talking about uh, the uh, James Comey nomination, uh, we had the attorney, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation's uh, attorney, Mark Rummold, talking about their lawsuit to gain access to the secret FISA court rulings uh, concerning uh, the NSA and the one of the very few times that the FISA court ever turned down a national security uh, request in this secret court. So we've had a lot of experts. We've had a lot of opinions uh, from those people uh, talking about all of this, the NSA surveillance state and everything else. But I haven't been able to hear from you guys. So I hope to hear from you guys. Um, uh, oh, you need my uh, marker. It's on the bag in there, on the red bag, I believe. 
Uh, sound cues, right? Yeah. Okay. Go get them. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I've, I've, I've heard from those people. I would love to hear from you about that and so much more that happens to be on your mind. My phone number today is 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. If you'd like to uh, jump on in, get in line. Uh, and uh, i got a few things I do want to go through, and then we will get to your calls. But uh, don't wait until the show is over, like you people usually do. 818 985 KPFK. Okay, uh, before we do any of that, uh, I want to talk about, well, a couple of things I want to put into your brains and get your thoughts on as well. You know, we talked last week with Colleen Rowley about James Comey, the um, uh, man who was uh, the deputy in the George W. Bush administration, nominated by George W. Bush or appointed by uh, George W. Bush as deputy attorney general. Now nominated by President Barack Obama to lead the FBI. He would be the seventh FBI director in the history of the FBI. The FBI appointment for director is a 10-year appointment, a decade appointment. And last week I spoke with Colleen Rowley the day after James Colmey's oversight hearings in the U.S. Senate, his confirmation hearings. He spent three hours uh, uh, testifying, uh, getting a whole bunch of softball questions, frankly. And that was somewhat troubling, as uh, I discussed with Colleen Raleigh, considering the fact that James Comey approved some of the worst Bush-era torture policies, surveillance, secret wireless, uh, uh, warrantless wiretapping policies, Bush's uh, secret uh, detention policies, all of these uh, you know, detention without charges policies, these were all approved by James Comey. And now he is set to become the next director of the FBI for the next 10 years. That seems to me to be a pretty big story, even with the George Zimmerman case in the news all week last week. But on Tuesday, he had his oversight hearing. On Wednesday, we spoke about it with Colleen Rowley, and I had prepared uh, the show last Wednesday. I had, I had gone to the, uh, the news nets, the, the cable news networks, to find out what they were talking about and what they had to say about James Comey. And guess what? I looked at MSNBC. They had absolutely nothing on the James Comey hearings. Three hours of hearings, they had absolutely nothing. That, after Rachel Maddow had said some months ago that it was, quote, a big, hairy political deal that James Comey was nominated. And yet they had nothing on Tuesday night about the James Comey nomination. I checked again Wednesday night. They had nothing on any of the MSNBC primetime shows. That's Chris Hayes' shows, Rachel Maddow, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell. They had absolutely nothing. On Thursday night, they had nothing. On Friday night, they had nothing. A three-hour oversight hearing of a Bush-appointed, Obama-nominated man to become the next FBI director for the next 10 years amidst all of the controversy about Edward Snowden and these NSA surveillance leaks, a three-hour hearing of the man who uh, approved the worst of the Bush torture policies, surveillance policies, indefinite detention policies, and yet MSNBC could not find one minute, not one minute, really, to cover those hearings? Really? 
Yeah, really. Apparently. I have no idea why. Yes, it was a busy week with the George Zimmerman trial, but they found plenty of time to cover plenty of other things. So I'm glad we discussed it last week with Colleen Rowley. And I'm glad uh, that at least we focused on it on the on the broadcast. I'm sorry to say there has been so little follow-up. So if you have thoughts on it, love to hear from you. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. Thoughts on that. Thoughts on Edward Snowden and the NSA. And, you know, because I've heard a lot of uh, Democrats over the past several weeks who have been uh, critical of Edward Snowden, amazingly enough, critical of Glenn Greenwald for reporting on Edward Snowden's revelations. And by the way, I think there is much more to come on those revelations. So if you'd like to talk about them, I'd like to uh, like to hear from you. Uh, before we do, though, I want to get into this uh, George Zimmerman, uh, Trayvon Martin case. And I haven't covered it a whole lot. We covered it uh, last year, I think, when he was first arrested, discussing the stand your ground uh, law, the appalling stand your ground law that the NRA uh, and the American Legislative Exchange Council, ALEC, has pushed through down there in Florida and in about, uh, I think, 12 other states or more. Uh, this notion that self-defense, you no longer have to flee if you're, uh, you know, you no longer have to escape an attack. You can just stand your ground no matter where you are and pull out your pistol and, and, and kill whoever you like and then claim it's self-defense. Just make sure they're dead so they can't testify at their trial, at your trial. That's what the stand your ground law amounts to. I find it appalling, and I find uh, that what happened in last week's uh, verdict over the weekend, that that uh, shows us exactly how appalling it is. My friend John Fugelsang tweeted uh, after the verdict came out, the not guilty verdict came out for George Zimmerman. He said, let's thank Florida for validating the he snuck up on me while I was following from behind defense. Sounds about right. J.R. Jackson, another friend, uh, he works over on uh, the Young Turks show. He said, can't think of any, and by the way, he's an, he's African-American. He says, can't think of anything else since this weekend's news that killing a black man is legal in my country as long as you're afraid of him. Yep, that sounds about right, too. Then The Onion rang in with a, with a, a satirical article that was incredibly on point. They wrote... Following Saturday's not guilty verdict in the George Zimmerman trial, an exasperated and speechless nation could reportedly do nothing other than wish black teenagers good luck out there, saying that they're definitely going to need it. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you other than keep your wits about you and hope for the best. Alexandria, Virginia resident Michael Klein advised the nation's 10 million African-American youths. Honestly, I'd recommend just staying inside after sundown if you can. After Neighborhood Watch patrolman George Zimmerman was acquitted of all charges in a case where he admitted to shooting and killing unarmed 17-year-old Trayvon Martin, a frustrated U.S. populace said that maybe the only thing left for black teenagers to do is hope and pray for the best. In addition, the citizenry said it's basically gotten to the point where African-American teens need to avoid walking alone, hanging out in groups, or even minding their own business. 
especially if they're planning to do any of those things in public. In addition to urging African-American youths to just keep their heads down and hope nobody messes with them, the populist noted that it couldn't hurt if they also avoided making any fast movements, putting their hands in their pockets or wearing anything that could somehow be construed as intimidating. Good advice, apparently, from the Onion, the so uh, the so-called satirical Onion, which had their story headlined "Nation Throws Hands Up," tells black teenagers to do their best out there. Yeah, apparently, because if it comes to the uh, mainstream corporate media reporting what's going on in the wake of this, uh, you know, pretty horrific turn of events down there in Florida. We can't rely on them. I was watching on Sunday, Sunday night, as there were uh, protests all, all throughout the day out here in Los Angeles and around the country. But I was watching some of them out here in L.A., uh, specifically in Hollywood. After a day, they had uh, briefly, protesters had briefly shut down the 10 freeway. And then by night, they had made it back to Hollywood. And, uh, of course, that means uh, I live near Hollywood, so the news helicopters were buzzing uh, on end. You couldn't hear a word. They were going for hours and hours. And I looked uh, onto the internets to find out what the hell was going on. And, of course, I found out uh, that there was a protest springing up. And, of course, the mainstream media was doing an horrific job of reporting on it. NBC4 had their uh, their news chopper 4 up in the sky. I was uh, watching a live stream hearing this uh, helicopter pilot. Uh, and I want to get her name, Reyes, Megan Reyes, doing a horrible job. Uh, you know, she was live streaming from thousands of feet up in the sky and, uh, you know, saying, oh, it's getting rowdy now. It looks like it's going to get rowdy. I think it's getting rowdy. Oh, yeah. And it was studio. Let me go back to the studio. I, and then she would go. Uh, things have taken a dramatic turn here in the last few minutes. Things are uh, becoming very rowdy. Protesters have gone into the W Hotel and they're breaking glass. Was, Where did you get that? Megan Reyes, why, where, where did you get that information? According to who? Well, this notion that the protesters, the George Zimmerman protesters, had uh, gone into the W Hotel in Hollywood and began breaking glass was something that was picked up by NBC4 the next day and reported as if it was actual fact. This from uh, reporter Tina where, how do you, Guignard, I think is her name, uh, from NBC4. Uh, she reported the next day on uh, the protesters storming the W Hotel. And then LAPD Commander Andrew Smith came on and told this amazing story. Clip number one, this was Monday, the day after the Sunday protests out here in Hollywood. The wave of frustration over the acquittal of George Zimmerman prompted roving protests through L.A. communities, first in the Crenshaw District, then in Hollywood. A large group stormed the W Hotel. At one point, a group of them broke off and went into the W Hotel, committed what I'm told is about $15,000 worth of vandalism, uh, spray paint graffiti and that type of thing, and then they left. Those were uh, some of the individuals we arrested later were part of that group. The LAPD still tallying the arrests and determining the charges. That was early in the night. We have a total of five people were arrested in Hollywood for failing to disperse from an unlawful assembly. And then I'm getting reports of one more person was arrested for throwing bottles at our officers in Hollywood as well. 
Uh, Twelve people ended up uh, having meetings with police. Mm -hmm. Some of them were arrested. Others were detained and released. Now, police uh, say that they did fire a total of four beanbag rounds at protesters in two different locations. Okay, they fired a whole lot more than four rounds of beanbags at protesters in two different locations. Uh, you know, we, we saw folks who, who were covered in shots from the LAPD. That said, this claim that you just heard on NBC4, the local NBC affiliate, that in fact there was, uh, quote, this is from LAPD Commander Andrew Smith, quote, $15,000 worth of damage at the W Hotel spray paint, graffiti, that type of thing, and then they left. That claim of $15,000 worth of damage was somewhat exaggerated. Yes, I bothered to contact the W Hotel, contact the uh, the uh, PR and communications director there, Lauren Travis. So they somewhat exaggerated. Instead of $15,000 worth of damage at the W Hotel from these Trayvon Martin protesters on Sunday night, turns out there was zero dollars worth of damage. Lauren Travis uh, sent me a, a response from the general manager of the W Hotel. His name is Leon Young. He said, quote, the safety and security of our guests and associates remains our paramount priority, and we are thankful to the local authorities for their assistant, assistance. He went on to say, quote, no protesters ever entered W Hotel, nor were any of our guests ever in danger. Again, no protesters ever entered W Hotel, nor were any of our guests ever in danger. And yet LAPD Commander Andrew Smith said there was $15,000 worth of damage there, including spray paint, graffiti, and that sort of thing. NBC4 had said, of course, broken glass, broken bottles. So I followed up uh, with Lauren Travis since I didn't get a, a, a direct answer to that question about broken glass, broken bottles. She uh, replied to say, quote, regarding the broken glass, those reports are false. So no damage. No broken bottles, no spray paint, no graffiti, no protesters entered the W Hotel. It was completely made up either by the LAPD or by NBC4. I contacted the NBC, uh, well, I first I contacted NBC4 and they said, oh, it came from the police. Commander Smith said there was $15,000 worth of damage. So I then contacted the LAPD media relations section, and I asked them, and I uh, said, where did that information come from? And they told me that, uh, and this was Detective Gus Villanova, who said, well, I presume it came from the, uh, from the hotel. I said, well, I talked to the hotel. They said there was no damage from the Zimmerman protests. Gus Villanova said to me, well, I would go by what the hotel says then. He said that, uh, yes, quote, we heard it was $15,000. I know that's what we have as of 3 p.m. today. This was on Monday. I haven't heard anything different since then. But when I asked him for the source, who it was that reported that information, he said, obviously, the hotel was a source by that. And I said, well, will you be correcting the record on that since the hotel has said there was no damage? He said, no, but you will. True. I will, I have, I did, and uh, you can check out bradblog.com for the real story on what went on, not 
what NBC affiliate told uh, to folks here in Los Angeles across the largest media uh, location in, in the country. What really happened? Well, if you can't rely... Oh, by the way, our phone number, 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. If you can't rely on NBC4, who can you rely on? Well, you can rely, it seems, on the people who are actually on the ground, not thousands of feet in the air, people like PM Beers, a, uh, a live web streamer. She was following uh, uh, the Occupy protests a couple years ago. Uh, she was once again on the ground on Sunday night, and we got a very, very different account of what actually went on at those protests on Sunday night. I guess that happens when you come down from thousands of feet in the air. And uh, if you're not expecting there to be riots and scared, to, I tell you what, you got to go to Bradblock and see this video, one of these videos from NBC4 from the Crenshaw District, this woman talking about how tense it is out here and how uh, police are on high alert and uh, showing behind her nobody is there at all. There's nobody there. <sighs> Anyway, what was really going on? Here's an idea of what was really going on among the protests. This was late uh, Sunday night in front of the CNN building uh, as uh, w the largest group of protesters, as they were described by NBC4, stopped in front of the uh, CNN building where they began to be surrounded by police. Uh, but before dealing with the police, they began to deal with each other. A woman named Charlia had uh, taken a bit of a, a leadership position and uh, was talking with the protesters. Again, uh, there's only about 40 or 50 of them total. This was said to be the largest group of protesters in the city. And here's what was really going on on the ground, on the streets of L.A., late night on Sunday among the protesters. Okay, Ter terrifying, scary. No wonder NBC4 had to stay 2,000 feet up in the air from their helicopter. There were uh, people on the ground talking about organizing and meeting with public officials and signing petitions online. Terrifying. The city was on edge. Jesus. 
So uh, after that uh, very scary moment where Charlia was speaking with the uh, with the other protesters there in front of the CNN building about organizing a meeting with public officials, the area was declared an unlawful assembly by the LAPD who had surrounded the protesters at that time. They had kept a, a decent distance, but they had surrounded them. There was uh, really no place uh, for the protesters to go at that point. And then, to his credit, and I want to make sure that people hear this, to his credit, uh, Captain Corey Palka came up to speak to the group. And I want to make that clear because uh, this Commander Smith, uh, who I mentioned earlier, who had apparently made up this notion of $15,000 worth of damage at the W Hotel, shamefully, uh, just contrast what he did with what Captain Corey Palka did when he came and made a plea to the protesters when he reached out. And I, I found out his name uh, and that he was a captain and that he was actually in charge of the Hollywood Command that night. That was confirmed to me by the LAPD. But I was really, really impressed with this guy. So I want to play his, his, uh, his full remarks to that very same uh, group of uh, demonstrators who you just heard from, who you just heard Charlia, I believe that was her name, uh, uh, speaking to. They declared it at that point an unlawful assembly, and Captain LAPD Captain Corey Palka had this to say to the— And by the way, he said this without—he uh, had no riot gear on. He had no weaponry. He just showed up in a shirt on a, uh, on a warm Sunday night to speak to these people. Gather in, gather in on me, on me, gather, on me. Gather. Would you please gather in on me? Respect, respectfully to the entire group, may I please have your attention respectfully? Yes. Okay, please introduce yourself. My name is Corey Palka. Let him speak. Let him speak. Be respectful. Let him speak. Let him speak. I, like you, am an Angelino. I've lived here for 50 years in this city. I, like you, have compassion. Have energy, and I have Listen. difficulty with what happened 3,000 miles away. And I honor your ability Listen. and your Listen. need and desire to show your frustration Next and to be heard. I feel that in my heart. We are doing this intelligently. I understand. Oh, let him speak. Let him speak. Y'all look at the cops right now. They're scared. Okay, thank you. We're listening to him. Okay, thank you. Let him speak. Let him speak. Let him speak. So, here's my message to you. I honor your commitment and your passion for justice from the bottom of my heart. You guys have been tirelessly energetic about your cause. At the same time, we are in the city of Los Angeles standing in the middle of the street. Okay, we have to have some type of order. So, what I want to do is, one, I have talked to Charlia. She has my contact information, and she has... We are going to try and meet in a week to have an open-air discussion on some of your views. We're talking about tonight. You know. What are you doing for tonight? So, what would you have us do, man? So, I would like to say, I would like to ask you to continue to facilitate your movement southbound on Cahuenga here. We will continue to protect and honor your constitutional rights of freedom to march and protest. They want us to go back to the hood. 
Is that agreeable to the group? Why can we not move north? No, the, we have established. No, we don't. It's it's not 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 we want to know why we are not going to march where we want to march. Why are we only able to march south? Why do we have to go back to the ghettos? Why are we not allowed to march towards the good neighborhood? That's what I want to know. Now we need to move about it the right way. Now we need to take it to public forum. Now we need to take it to the official. Okay? That's how we have to do it. So as of right now, as of right now, for our safety, we need to move out of the street. We have demonstrated. Now we need to continue. That's what we do. We continue. We continue. We continue. That was uh, LAPD Captain Corey Palka in footage that was shot late Sunday night by web streamer PM Beers. That was material that was apparently not caught by NBC4, who was busy being frightened in their helicopter. That's what was actually going on on the streets. And, uh, you know, I uh, you can decide yourself the sincerity of Captain Palka. You can go uh, stop by Bradblog. We've isolated that video clip. You can give it a look. Uh, I was impressed. Uh, his comments, I, like you, have compassion and energy I have, and have difficulty with what happened 3,000 miles away. I honor your ability and your need and desire to show your frustration and to be heard. We will continue to protect and honor your constitutional rights of freedom to march in protest. Good for him. I would suggest that uh, LAPD Chief Charlie Beck and uh, our new mayor, Eric Garcetti, put Captain Palka in charge of training every single officer on the force. Anyway, we have that video. You can decide if he was uh, sincere or not. Uh, But uh, I was impressed with the way that he was dealing with the demonstrators, and I was impressed with the way the demonstrators were dealing with them and with their justifiable rage at this point. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. If you'd like to get in, uh, well, should we take a short break? Let's, uh, let's, let's do this first. Just get on board All you need is faith To hear the dealers Honking Don't need no ticket You just thank the KHOU.com uh, posted this story from California, Petaluma, California. Blues, rock, and soul musician Lester Chambers was attacked during a performance in Hayward over the weekend after he dedicated a song to slain Florida teenager Trayvon Martin. A woman has been arrested in the attack. According to witnesses, during a performance at Hayward Russell City Blues Festival Saturday, Chambers dedicated Curtis Mayfield's People Get Ready to Martin. While he sung, a woman leapt onto the stage and attacked the 73-year-old singer. 
Several band members and fans tackled the woman and made a citizen's arrest. Chambers was taken to the hospital. He suffered bruises on his ribs all over his body and is forced to walk now with a cane. Lester Chambers recalled the attack, saying, I saw anger, and for the first time I did see her, just came, you, MFR, you started this, boom, and I was down, he said. The co-founder of the 1960s band, the Chambers Brothers, said he was singing about love and peace as a tribute to Trayvon Martin. He had just told the audience why he chose Mayfield's People Get Ready. Mayfield sang, People Get Ready, There's a Train A-Comin'. And if he was here today singing it, he would prefer probably that we would say, People Get Ready, There's a Change A-Comin', Lester Chambers told KPIX5. So, we're listening to Curtis Mayfield's rendition of People Get Ready, since that jerk wouldn't let him finish singing it. You're listening to the Bradcast on KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman. I'd love to hear from you. 818-985-5735. We're going to take a break and be right back. Hello, I'm Terrence McNally, host of Free Forum, where every Sunday afternoon at 1, I interview folks I suspect have pieces of the puzzle of a world that just might work. We look at new, innovative, provocative approaches to business, environment, health, science, politics, media, culture. But don't worry, it's not all sugar-coated good news. I also ask about what's wrong and how we got here. It's all based on the fact that I believe we can do better, and I want to find out how. Free Forum with Terrence McNally, 1 p.m. Sundays on KPFK and kpfk.org. Showcasing innovative works by emerging filmmakers for over 10 years, New Filmmakers LA presents an evening of shorts and features on Saturday, July 20th, beginning at 6 p.m. at the AT&T Center, 1139 South Hill Street in downtown LA. Complimentary parking is available at 1133 South Olive. For further information and a full roster of films, go to newfilmmakersla.com. A very limited number of tickets have been offered to KPFK Film Club members who are invited to call the front desk at 818-985-2711. Dial zero for operator for a pair of tickets for the evening's festivities, including Q&As and receptions. And if you aren't already a film club member, please consider joining at kpfk.org. Come on, talking to you. This is the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Your turn, if you want it, over your public airwaves. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. What's on your mind? Uh, will these demonstrations continue uh, concerning Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman? Do they matter? Will this stand your ground law ever be changed? This appalling stand your ground law. And by the way, wing nuts out there who I'd love to hear from, uh, you folks who are saying, oh, stand your ground had nothing to do with this case. Oh, really? Really? 
Not a qu- not if you paid attention. Only if you pay attention to Fox News. In fact, the uh, judges' uh, inst- jury instructions included that George Zimmerman, uh, if he was not engaged in unlawful activity and was attacked in any place where he had a right to be, he had no duty to retreat, and he had quote the right to stand his ground. One of the jurors in the case has since said that they were considering stand your ground. Because of the heat of the moment and the stand-your-ground law, this juror had to say, 818-985-KPFK, before I go to your phones, uh, one more here, and, and we don't have to talk about Trayvon, we can talk about anything you want. Uh, we talk about Edward Snowden, talk about James Comey and the FBI. As I like to say, these are your public airwaves. Use them before you lose them, even more than you already have. This was what Glenn Beck had to say. Uh, you know, Desi Doyen, our producer here, was, was on uh, uh, The Young Turks' The Point last week, and they had a panel about the... Um, hunger strike going going on down in Gitmo, where uh, more than 80 prisoners have been cleared for release years ago, but Barack Obama has refused to send them home, despite the fact that the government has cleared them for release. They are now on hunger strike. They are being force-fed. It is inhumane. It is considered torture uh, by the United Nations, by the World Health uh, Association, and by many others. And what did Glenn Beck have to say about that last week, about these uh, prisoners who have been held for years on end with no charges and who have been cleared and who are free to go? Glenn Beck, the man who pretends to give a damn about freedom. What did Glenn Beck have to say about those prisoners last week? Uh, Starve themselves to death? Damn right we can. We'd also shoot them in the head which is the other option and the one I'm for, shoot them. So we can let them starve themselves to death, says Glenn Beck. Damn right we can. We can also shoot them in the head, which is the other option and the one I'm for. Shoot them. These are uh, people who have never been given a trial, who have never been charged with anything, who have been cleared. Shoot them in the head, says Glenn Beck. Unbelievable. Let's go to the let's go to the phones here. Uh, Didon in South Central. Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, greetings, Brad. I just wanted to make the observation that when I first heard about uh, the decision, I was in Ohio and drove the Angola Three program and drove straight to South Central. And of course, the ministers and the civil rights leaders had a rally in the Merck Park. But what blew my mind was how the young people broke from that kind of "we shall overcome" and. You know, we need to uh, pray, and they actually closed down Bernie Crenshaw with their body, and then when that was successful, they marched all the way down Crenshaw to the metro station and actually sat in a closed-down metro. The following day, the same civil rights leaders and religious leaders tried to have a a rally in the American Park, and these young people, I'm talking about young people from 14 to 25, probably about 60% women, 50% 50% black or African, you know, a large number of Chicanos and whites also, and they actually marched down Crenshaw when they got to the freeway. We went, I joined them, we went onto the freeway and closed down the Santa Monica freeway for about 20 minutes. When the police came, we went up the side of the hill and continued marching Washington to Western, Western to Wilshire, all the way down the business district. And uh, successfully closing down a major commercial center, the Wilshire District and Western, and the following day, 
We attempted to walk down Crenshaw to Slotkin to get to the airport. They closed down the airport, but of course the police closed it down. And then yesterday, you know, LA said anybody who goes will be arrested. So I just want to praise the young people. Ninety-five percent of those that closed down the infrastructure, Crenshaw, Metro, uh, Freeway, and Wilshire were like fourteen to twenty-five. Yeah, and, and what do you think? And Dino, what, what what did you think? What was what was your impression? Were they peaceful? You were with them. Uh, were they peaceful? Were they causing what's that? For to be honest with you, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it was so peaceful that never once did LAPD declare it an illegal assembly. When they closed down Burlington and Crenshaw, when they marched down yeah. Crenshaw, closed down Crenshaw, when they closed Metro, when they closed the Santa Monica Freeway, when they closed Western, when they closed Wilshire, never once did LAPD declare it an illegal assembly, but nobody per se was arrested. It was extremely peaceful. Thanks, D-Don. I appreciate your call, and I appreciate your uh, your speaking out and your marching uh, and and joining those protests. Really do appreciate that. Uh, yeah, by the time that NBC4 went on the air and was lying about uh, broken glass at the W Hotel in Hollywood, there had been a total of one arrest after a day of marching across the entire city. One arrest at that point. Uh, that was about midnight on Sunday night. Uh, Nitai from Los Angeles, welcome to the broadcast. Yes, indeed, Mr. Brad. Big fan, big fan, first-time caller. Thank you, sir. Um, I'd just like to say, in one way, it's like all these problems, and I've had my head smashed in by police, and it's not fun. But <laughs> it seems like liberty has been born out of when people are united and can do a general strike, and when we can do that and obsolesce this bogus government society as much as possible until we get our electoral process back, you know, I think that's the root cause of all these things. And the most potent thing is for everybody to just, like, do nothing. That, and it's a lot safer, too. Thanks. And this way the cops don't get time and a half. <laughs> Thanks, Nitai. I appreciate that. Uh, a call for a general strike. Uh, let's go to uh, Joe, in also in L.A. Uh, hang on. Uh, Joe. There we go. Joe, welcome to the broadcast. Yeah, thank you very much for taking my call. Sure. I think I have two points I'd like to make. One is there should be, uh, the law should be changed that when there is an African-American that is being prosecuted criminally, the jury should be composed of at least half and half, half African-American and half white. And I tell you why. That girl that was on uh, on TV that, had, that, that, that could not speak clearly mm-hmm. and had a lot of problem being, one of the jurors said she could not understand her. And that is nothing to say bad about the person. It's just that, you know, sometimes African-Americans have a very distinct flavor in their expression. Mm-hmm. And, and only another African-American could decipher that correctly. The white woman in the jury says she, she couldn't understand anything that she said. So that in itself is a problem. If they change the law so that there is half and half, I think it would go a long way to solve a lot of this problem. That's number one. Number two, yeah. I think that the defense let the uh, prosecute the, the, the defense created the narrative, not the prosecution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in other words, it was Trevor Martin 
who should have been the one that was afraid, and he had the right to send you grand law in Florida. Yeah, I know. One one thing you haven't about. one thing we haven't seen, uh, Joe, is uh, the NRA coming out and calling for Trayvon Martin, saying, "Oh, if only Trayvon Martin had been uh, armed. If only all these young black teens walking around are armed, we wouldn't have this problem." Because, as you know, the only thing that uh, stops a bad guy with a gun is good guy with a gun, according to the NRA. And yet, the NRA is not calling for arming all of the young black men who are uh, uh, stalked and hunted down. Uh, frankly, the way uh, it appears that Trayvon Martin was. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate your call. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. Let's go to uh, Kathleen. Where are we here? Kathleen in Orange County. Welcome to the broadcast, Kathleen. Brad, thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. I just want to, I am a supporter of Mr. Snowden's actions, and I send prayers out in regards to the African community in Los Angeles, Orange County, where I live. It doesn't matter if it's Florida. Um, I'm very afraid of the mindset that creates legislation like stand-your-ground laws. Um, I'm very afraid for my my community. I know that this is something that we have to to do. This mm-hmm. is the human spirit in action when you oppress and you hurt and you harm and you kill young black men and incarcerate and do all of that kind of stuff. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, the machine is very well oiled and I'm afraid for my community. Um, also, I would like to bring to everybody's attention that Mr. Edward Coney, who worked in the Bush administration, has just been appointed as a director of the FBI. James James Comey. Opposed. You're talking about James Comey, uh, and he's James been Comey. yeah he's been nominated. He has not yet been uh, voted on. He's not yet been confirmed uh, by the Senate. But yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm I'm very frightened for that because he is being set forward by the Bush administration, no matter if they're in power or not. And that pretty much talks about the prison, jail, uh, complex, and the mentality of keeping people incarcerated, uh, imprisoning them for being uh, prisoners of conscience, young black men, uh, young black children coming from school to jail. All that whole process is is, is a machine, and I don't believe anybody wants to stop the motion of that machine, and I think a lot of people... Um, can be hurt by this. And uh, I just thank you for this conversation today and for the opportunity for me to say this. Thank you so much. And I appreciate your call, Kathleen. All good points. Uh, 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Yes, James Comey will be overseeing uh, thousands of FBI offices, tens of thousands of FBI employees, Of course, uh, much of what happens in the prison industrial complex that Kathleen was talking about. And yet, nobody is talking about the man who is going to be doing that for the next 10 years, for the next decade. 818-985-5735. See if we have uh, time for a few more calls. 818-985-KPFK. And by the way, this all has to do with voting. Uh, You're you're unhappy they changed those laws, are you? Uh, well, 
if you don't get out and uh, vote and oversee your vote and make sure your vote is counted, then this is exactly the sort of thing uh, that happens. I had some uh, audio that I wanted to play. Uh, I'll hold it for next week, I, I think, because we're running late here. But from Michelle Bachman, a crazy, you know, not to go uh, too much on the uh, on the right wing crazy. But I have been uh, beating up on uh, Democrats and Obama a, a, a lot lately, so it's only fair. <laughs> Michelle Bachman, her remarks were amazing about uh, Barack Obama having waved his magic wand to allow non-citizens to vote in 2012. And she says, if they don't stop him, he will do it again in 2014, she promises. Try to play that speech next week. Oh, she says we need to give the president a spanking. Really? Really, Congresswoman? <sighs> All right. Uh, let's go to uh, Arthur in Los Angeles. Uh, a lot of people uh, loading up the phones right now. Arthur in Los Angeles. So uh, make your thoughts quick here. Welcome to the broadcast, Arthur. Well, thank you. I'll do my very best. It's very difficult to bring a nuanced uh, approach to this uh, with so little time. But uh, as a criminal defense attorney, I'd have to say that the attorney who represented uh, Mr. Zimmerman was bound by duty, even if he hated his ass, to do the very best he could. And uh, we need to keep that in mind. And the jury instructions were so binding and so cutting that yeah. uh, they did not, the jury's jurors did not get a chance to consider many of the factors that all the wider audience got to consider. Right. They didn't talk at all about race. Yeah. The fact that they're mostly white and women, uh, white Southerners who could perceive apparently no problem in all these situations. Uh, Uh uh, Okay. Now, I I believe a murderer got off uh, and uh, someone who didn't need to be murdered is dead. Um, And with the protests, I wholeheartedly uh, agree with everything. I was uh, when uh, when I first put on hold. It was first put on hold. Uh, Mr. Didon Camante, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I recognize his voice was speaking, and even when he irritates me, he is so <laughs> clear and perceptive. Um, Arthur, uh, I got to jump. I appreciate your call. Go to it. I appreciate go to your thoughts. Time, but wow. Yeah. This is a tough one. Uh, it, it is. And by the way, you know what? I think the jurors uh, probably, I didn't watch uh, a lot of the trial because I was not impressed by the uh, media sensationalism of it. But it sounds to me, given their instructions and given the way the law has been changed, that uh, and what the jury was presented with, it kind of sounds like uh, they did all of, all that they could do uh, in in no small part. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It seems to me the problem is the law, not the jury. Uh, Fotine in L.A., welcome to the broadcast. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Brad. I appreciate it. Sure. Uh, I just I just had a question for you. I want to ask you if you might have heard the quote from I believe it was uh, Benjamin Franklin who said that uh, democracy, he described as, as two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner. <laughs> well, I have heard that quote. I don't know if it's Ben Franklin. Uh, you you might be kind of right. I, 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 I don't know. I think uh, democracy at this point is our only chance, and that's why I try to fight for it uh, every damn day at Brad Blog and uh, here on the Bradcast. Thanks for your uh, for your thoughts there, uh, Fotine. Let's go to uh, Santee in Orange County. Uh, hey, Santee, welcome to the Bradcast. How you doing, Brad? I'm okay. What's up? Well, I was just wondering if uh, if there's a link between uh, Edward Snowden, uh, the SNA, 
uh, and uh, Trayvon Martin, and if it's if you know it has something to do with power, there's too much power, and uh, techno- t- technology is moving a little faster than than society is uh, caught up to. Uh, listen, uh, while uh, society is, uh, technology is moving faster than society has caught up to, I'm not sure it has anything to do with uh, tying uh, Snowden uh, to Trayvon, at least not in my mind. But I'm open to uh, to your thoughts. Let me go to uh, Solomon in Hollywood. We'll try to make this fast. We'll try to get it with no time. we got to go to Green News. All right. Uh, hang on. If you're on the line, let's do this. Let's jump to Green News here. This is the Green News Report. Desi is on the road this week, but this is the latest. Last week, Green News Report with my co-host, of course, Desi Doyen. And we'll come back. We'll try to fly through as many calls as we can uh, when we're done. Hit it, G. Okay. Never. It's not working? Really? Okay. Uh, then we are. you are reprieved from the Green News Report. And because uh, Desi was not here to make sure it worked, she will, of course, be fired. Let's go to uh, Ken in Marino Valley. Uh, hey, Ken, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, thank you, thank you, uh, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, my question is, uh, generalize the question is now that the Trayvon case, you know, has been settled so far that we know, uh, where do we go from here? As far as you know, we're, we're protesting. We have people that are protesting out in the streets and saying, you know, our voices are are being heard that we disagree, basically. But my question is, we have leaders in high positions. You have people like Al Sharpton, uh, Jesse Jackson, and many others that, that are speaking out. Uh, but most of the time when real issues are addressed, they kind of dance around the questions and, instead of getting to the root. Mm-hmm. And so now that uh, this has transpired, I, I think we can have enough dialogue all day, all day long. But just like the quote of the, the, the new law, stand down, I feel like, if I'm pulled over by an officer, then I should be able to stand down because I don't know if he's he's going to assault me. I don't know if he's going to pull out a gun because, number one, I'm already profiled. You see, because that same law can apply to me, too. Yeah. You know, if we want to go that deep and look at it, you know. So, but society, we're not trying to go to in, in that reference. But the question is, I think this thing is, is, is deeper, and we know it goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. Well, it so does. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it, 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 it absolutely uh, it goes back hundreds of years. Obviously, our criminal justice system is amazingly unbalanced. But instead of getting more balanced, it seems to be getting less balanced with these laws like uh, like Stand Your Ground, you know, which allow you not only uh, to defend yourself uh, from uh, death, but even a perception of bodily harm. You no longer have to run. You can start killing people, apparently, according to this law. Now, had things been flipped for these people who say race had nothing to do with this, you know, are you going to tell me that if uh, George Zimmerman had been black and Trayvon Martin had been a 17-year-old white kid, that George Zimmerman would have walked, even with the Stand Your Ground law? (sighs) I doubt it. Right, Yeah. right. But, you know, I also want to say... Yeah. Oh, do we lose Ken? Oh, I'm sorry, Ken. We we lost you. Uh, sounds like your cell phone dropped there. Uh, sorry about that. Let me get to some other calls here, though. And, and by the way, uh, if you'd like to hear the Green News report that you didn't get to hear today, stop by greennews.bradblog.com. It was a good one, by the way, from late last week. Instead of all that depressing news you usually get from us, 
it was actually kind of a fun one. Check it out at greennews.bradblog.com. Follow Desi at, on the Twitters at Green News Report. And follow me there, by the way, at The Brad Blog. Uh, okay, we're going to have to, we've got a few minutes left. We're going to fly through. i got tons of calls, so uh, speak quick. Franz in North Hollywood, welcome, sir, to The Bradcast. Yeah, hi, Brad. How are you? I'm okay. What's up? Um, to me, it, it all looks, uh, the Trayvon Martin, the Zimmerman, what they're trying to do to Snowden, what they're doing to Bradley Manning, the people who are informed, I think we all understand it all goes together. And in my mind, it, it looks like it is the last stand by the 1% smug elite trying to keep the lid on the present political situation. And I, I recently got the book from the Constitution, and I only read one line. But when a long train of abuses and usurpation pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future society. Brad, don't you think we have reached a point where we have to say, yes, we have reached a point. A general strike, as you proposed, I think is a fantastic first beginning. It's not for Everything me. Everything else is, is not, it doesn't work. It's, it's not for me to decide, Franz. It's for we, the people, to decide. By the way, that was not the Constitution. Take leadership on this, promote it, or give all the young black kids a gun. I think that's a great concept. All right. You're, you're on to what they do. If this thing would have been reversed, it would. Oh, it makes me angry. I can tell, Franz. Thank you. Thank you for being angry, and thank you for expressing that. Uh, as I started to say, it's not my job. It is the job of we, the people, to decide. That was not the Constitution, by the way. That was the Declaration of Independence, that uh, radical document that you were reading from there, Franz. Uh, Ed, in, uh, Ed, also in L.A. Hey, Ed, welcome to the broadcast. Very quickly, sir. Hi. Uh, hello. I just want to make a quick point is that I don't want this um, ruling to become a lightning rod in the community between the Latinos and African-American community, in which now the bigger picture is the immigration reform that's going to be coming up. And I feel that this is going to force the the African-American community side in the immigration debate. And so um, this is just a cautionary tale for the African-American community to not become a pawn in the big propaganda that which the media has been portraying for the last several years. Thanks, Ed. The division between the Latino and the African-American community. So that's my cautionary tale to the society as a whole. I hear you, brother. Uh, we need to stand up with everyone or we will all fall apart together. Unfortunately, that seems to be where we're, uh, where we're headed and where some forces in our current government uh, seem happy to see us go remarkably. All right, uh, but do we have uh, time? Let me get one last call in, uh, 10 seconds for Solomon in Hollywood because he's been holding a while. Solomon, you got 10 seconds. Go for it. Yeah, I just want to know, at what point did George Zimmerman put his, pull his gun out? Because as it stands to me, it seems like Trayvon Martin had the right to stand his ground. It sure seems, like, sure seems like that to me, too. Of course, we'll never know because Trayvon is dead, the only man who could tell us what really happened that night. My thanks to Desi Doy and our producer, to Margo Paez, our associate, super-duper associate producer, showing up here for us today, taking a lot of calls. Really appreciate it. G, thank you for your work on the soundboard. Stay tuned for John Wiener and the 4 O'Clock Report. 
I forgot to find out what he's got, but I'm sure it's going to be great. Uh, I'll be back, same Brad time, same Brad channel next week. Hope you will join me. Until then, I'll see you on the Twitters at the Brad Blog and, of course, at BradBlog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. Good night, America. <laughs>